Welcome back to Functional Spirituality. I want to follow up on last week's podcast, going into a bit more detail about the difference between passion and fixation in my experience. Got a lot of really good feedback from the podcast last week, um, and a lot of people highlighting this point specifically. So yeah, I just wanted to speak to it a little bit more, give a little bit more insight into my journey with this process, because it's something that has been really significant for me and has helped me to develop my leadership skills by being passionate, but with that passion not coming from my trauma. And I would really use the word trauma, fixation, and suffering quite synonymously. So I'll unpack all of that. If you didn't enjoy the podcast or there were some bones you have to pick, then let me know. I'm really interested in the other side of that discussion. Um, and I know a lot, I got a lot of DMs and a lot of messages about the podcast episode. My preference is always to, if you can, to post something into the Facebook group um, so other people can see your thoughts as well and because um, there was a lot of similar thoughts and feedback and it's nice to know and nice to feel connected with other people in your community that are feeling the same way. It actually makes a really big difference and, and provides a sense of safety and healing that is so subtle and so unspoken, but it's there. So feel free to engage in the community in that way as well, if you like to. So today, I want to speak to this difference. And it's something we can feel, or at least the feedback that I got was that it's quite obvious. And I feel like it it is quite obvious. It's not just about the recent times and the, you know, the heated events of 2020 and 2021 that I mentioned in the last episode. There's been a couple of big, hot mess <laughs> events. Um, but just in general, we can feel the difference between someone being passionate and someone being fixated. And it, it is quite nuanced. I want to speak to some of the more nuanced um, pieces around this. But actually, on, on a surface level, we, we really sense the difference. Even if we're not, we haven't put those words on it before, um, we really sense when someone's speaking to us in a way that is actually limiting our own freedom. We don't feel safe to feel and think the way we feel and think. So I'm not going to say we don't feel safe to feel and think the way we want to, but we have feelings and thoughts and a deeper alignment inside of ourselves that safe relational spaces facilitate our access to it. And maybe it's not usually the way that the word freedom is used, but I actually think that that is the greatest freedom I've ever had. And it's not a right, like a birthright. Um, it's actually, it's not like an, it's not, I mean, rights, the way that we think about human rights and 
you know, the, the inevitabilities of nature, they're so different, but I don't think it's a right. I think this freedom is something that we, we have access to. There's a potential there, but it's something that we actually need to cultivate ourselves individually and as a collective. So it's not something, it's not a God-given right. It's a potential we have access to. I'm open to discussing that further at another time. Um, but I think, yeah, the way that we think about rights needs to be refined a little bit more um, because obviously it's not working the way that we think about it right now. It ends up being something that we push onto people. It's a story, a narrative we push, and it's completely subjective. But yes, let, let me get back to the topic at hand. If I had to give a low resolution answer, you know, just something that I could say in one sentence, I'd say the difference between passion and fixation is that one of them is coming from love and one of them is coming from fear. Or one of them is coming from a deeper alignment, something that has been questioned and then clarified and the strategies are coming from that space and the other one is coming from the surface so this is something that i have journeyed with personally in a really strong way so i am always i'm sensitive to this and i'm always pulling myself up because I am really, really passionate. So I'm really, really passionate about functional spirituality. So I, I stand against the downward spirals of human experience. I'm really strongly one-sided. I believe there's a better way. You know, even in this podcast, I'm, I'm passionate about the difference between an approach of alignment and an approach of trauma. So I stand for something really, really strongly. I really, I stand against things really strongly. I'm always talking about things that I think are bad. I'm always, but I'm not focusing on the content necessarily. It's usually something a bit more meta. I'm usually thinking about more about undermining intentions and approaches that I think are toxic or, or less than optimal. This has come from my own personal experience because I seriously don't want to be wrong. And that in itself might be coming from my own traumas and insecurities and like the drives that I have, um, to a small degree, um, I'd say, but I, I seriously don't want to be wrong. I really don't want to be passionate about something that's wrong. And there is just, it's just so likely that the side that I'm taking is wrong or, and by wrong, I mean, it's not the most optimal side. It's not the truest side. It's just so likely that that's the case. So I'm always questioning. I'm always questioning my motives and my approaches and my strategies and my tactics. And I'd rather change my mind a lot. And I'd rather be known 
as someone who changes their mind a lot. You can ask my staff about that. I actually find it a compliment that they're like, oh, look, I was changing something again. I'm like, yay, that is me. I'm known to be someone who's allowed to change direction. And this is because I have been proven so horribly wrong so many times. It just makes sense to keep my mind open. And the way to keep my mind open is actually to be searching for the opposite to what I believe and what I'm passionate about. It brings more alignment and depth to where my passion is coming from. So I I really recommend that. Let me give you an example. Um, So just recently I was on retreat and this happens all the time. So I'll be on our silent meditation retreats and we'll, I'll start to, you know, we'll start to go much, much deeper into the non-dual reality and into the nature of stillness. And as the days go on, I start to point more and more to we are infinite and we have access to our infinite selves. And that infinite self is this awareness and being that we can experience. And during retreat, you know, could even, it'll be in a meditation session or in my contemplations and the breaks. And I'll be like to myself, surely this cannot be true. Like surely we can't contact the infinite. Surely it's just a glitch in our nervous system that makes us believe we have access to the infinite. It's a glitch in the human nervous system. And for millennia, people have just glorified it in religious and spiritual terms, including all of my tantric heroes and all of the sages and all of the mystics. It's really possible that there is no being, there is no stillness, there's no non-dual reality. All of the incredibly sophisticated, all, all of the philosophies I've ever known and ever loved, the ones that I've glorified and, and devoted my life to, it's possible, right? That it's not actually true. And then I'll investigate, like, look at this stillness that you're talking about. Is it actually infinite? Or is it just this blank space in the nervous system that we've kind of glorified? And my question is not if it's possible, because that's for sure. Of course it's possible that all of spiritual, like, you know, it's, it's some other reality. It's not the reality I've been describing. Of course that's possible. But my question is, is it probable? Is it more likely And what I find in in those discoveries with all, I'm not going to go through this specific issue and, and all of the ways that I verify or inquire and then verify for myself about this reality, um, and the nature of our existence and our way of accessing it, I'm not going to go into all of that, but through that inquiry, I actually get even more passionate. I'm like, yep, it is. It's exactly the way I've been describing it. There's not, it's not even that it's not unlikely, but there's not even a better way of describing it. So I get even more clear and more passionate and more aligned 
because it's coming from a deeper place, a deeper investigation, a deeper experience of what I'm talking about. It's less and less about what I've heard and more and more about what on all my levels I feel most sure to be accurate or relatively true. And then I'm happy. There's definitely awareness. It's not something that's being perceived, which would have errors, but it's the perceiver. It's my being. Okay, let's carry on retreat. Everything I've been sharing matches up with my most up-to-date and sincere investigation. And if it didn't, you better believe that the topics of the retreat or the next topic of the retreat would be changing. And this is why the retreat is ever new and ever fresh, because there is a, a deeper investigation going on within me at the same time. So instead, when there's fixation, we know what fixation is. It's an evolutionary response. Any response that we have, any behavior, any way of thinking and being, it's, it's, it's developed through nature, through evolution. And if we feel like it's toxic or it's bad or negative, it's because the response is misplaced in our current way of living. But fixation, it's because evolution has taught us that it's its a good idea to remember negative events so we can avoid or cope better with them in the future. This is natural, normal, and healthy to be fearful and to worry and to be weary of things that might hurt us. So that is not a problem, but that is the root of, that's the, that's the healthy root of fixation. But fixation, as we're experiencing it in this exaggerated way, it's when we're stuck in one way of viewing the reality. And that one way is, of course, um, you know, has a lot of fear in it, has a lot of negativity in it. Probably even if it's wrapped up in spiritual garb and it's like, you know, talking about love and things like that, there's just, you know, a few questions and you'll find a lot of negativity. It's really polarized and it's, it's surface. So it's coming from a lot of snippets and facts from other people's views, people who have gone deeper and have been able to convince them, but it's not their original view. It's not their depth and their inquiry. And I'm not trying to say that you need to have all brand new thoughts, but it's not in your own deepest layers language. It's actually just a piecing together of all of the other mini snippets, mini arguments, but it's not bringing a new argument to the table, a new perspective from what has been digested and broken down to zero and then being rebuilt back up. So it's really the unprocessed conditioning that doesn't allow us the freedom to feel and think the way that we truly feel and think that keeps us on the surface of sticking to one side And that could be, you know, in all of these things I've been talking about, the anti this and pro that. It could be in these topics, but it could be in anything where we just, we don't have the capacity. And this is why I say it's the same. It's synonymous with trauma because trauma is just the limited capacity to engage with life 
from our own freedom to feel and think the way we want. And we don't have that freedom when we have trauma because there's not yet a sense of safety for our capacity to meet life to start to increase. And this is, well, this is really what fixation is, is that there isn't a sense of safety there. So there isn't a feeling and thinking there. There's just a surface level input and output. Things only go in and meet the surface. Things only come out from the surface. Things haven't gone deeper. How do I find my deeper alignment and my deeper passion, especially when I'm so passionate about so many things? I think you shouldn't do this and I think everybody should do that, right? I have a lot of passionate viewpoints. And what keeps me honest is I question where is it coming from? So number one, is it clear? Do I really know what my motives are? Am I really clear about what I'm passionate about? Or is it just a bunch of motives that I've stitched together to, you know, fixate on a narrative instead of being connected to myself? So when I investigate my motive, when I investigate my passion, I'm really passionate about functional spirituality. I'm really passionate against diluted spiritual teachers and teachings and dogma and teachers coming from a place of fear and trying to get ahead instead of actually being a grounded spiritual teacher. I'm really against that. And when I investigate, why am I so against that? When I investigate that, are there lots of dark corners? Is there a lot of obscurity? Or am I really, really clear about why I'm for or against that? Are my motives really clear? And this is a big thing that I find positive within myself when I am passionate and when I'm seeing other people being fixated, it's something that I see really clearly is that it's not clear. It's like, what are you even against? What do you believe about this to be against it? What do you believe about this to be for it? And there's a lot of obscurity. It's just kind of, instead of going in deeper, it's like the awareness bounces straight back out into some stories and external, you know, little, little snippets of information. So for yourself, is it really clear? Do you really know what your motives are? Do you know where it's coming from? Or is when you dig in to know where it's coming from is the answer, I don't know, I'm not sure. Then you don't really have a right to speak from your passions if you don't really know what they are and where they're coming from. That's, you know, those are the rights I believe in. You don't just get rights from being born. You earn your rights. Like there is a hierarchy of um, deserving that we can climb, but it's something that we we need to earn and, and we need to deserve. You don't just get bestowed them automatically. Not everyone deserves to be heard and listened to. You need to actually, I mean, everyone deserves a safe space where they're heard and listened to. But in terms of trying to provide direction and leadership, not everyone should be doing that. Not everyone deserves that space. 
So the first question is, is it clear? Do I know where it's really coming from or does it feel obscure? And the second question I'd ask myself is, and it only comes if the first one is really clear. So if you're really clear, are you proud of it? Are you proud of where it's coming from? So you get really, really clear about what you're really passionate about or angry about, or you get clear about that. Are you proud of that? Because if you're not proud of that, why are you pushing for it? If you're, so you might be proud of your ideas, but are you proud of where they're coming from and why you have them? If you're not proud of that, then please don't, you know, push your disgust, your disgust about, or, you know, your disdain or whatever the opposite of proud is. Don't push that on, on everyone else. Find something that you feel passionate and proud of that is clear and then stand up for it. So a bunch of different ideas in here to ponder. Um, it took me a little while to really think about some of these, and I think there's a lot more that I'd, I'd like to say. Um, but as always, I recommend to go back and have a listen through. Now that you've heard the ending, you can listen back through and, and contemplate what has been shared. Love to hear your feedback. I do really appreciate all the messages that I receive about the podcast and your and your feelings about it. And as much as you like to, of course, you can share it in our public groups. And I look forward to speaking to you a few more times before the end of the year just to help you get grounded and then reflect and shift into the new year with some alignment. Lots of love to you and I'll speak to you soon.